Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about how to teach our students how to resolve conflicts. I'm really excited for this episode because conflict resolution can be a really hard and complex skill to teach our students. So I'm going to walk you through different steps that I use to teach students conflict resolution skills. First, let's just talk about conflict resolution in general and why it's a really important skill to teach our students. Conflict resolution is an important skill students need to be able to interact with their peers appropriately. We've all seen our students get in an argument with a peer or a friend and want to support them through working out their differences. We want to make sure our students are able to disagree and resolve a conflict with one another using strategies that are appropriate for school. This will allow them to develop these skills over time so that they can interact appropriately with peers they disagree with or share differing opinions with as they get older. This will set them up for success in high school and beyond. Our students will be able to engage in appropriate strategies in the workplace and in the community if we are explicitly teaching them conflict resolution skills while they're in school. All right, now that we've talked about why teaching these skills is so important, let's move into how we're going to teach our students conflict resolution skills. Like with all the other skills that we've talked about here on the podcast, we're going to talk about how to teach conflict resolution explicitly, and we're going to talk about how we can start at the very foundation of conflict resolution skills so we can build on that foundation and teach the more complex aspects of conflict resolution once our students have a really strong foundation of those very basic skills. So the first thing that I do when I teach conflict resolution skills is to teach students to tell the difference between what a conflict and a disagreement is. Okay, so they really have to be able to discriminate that difference between when we're just disagreeing with each other and when we're actually in a conflict. Because we're going to disagree with a lot of people in our lives and our students are going to disagree with their friends about certain things, opinions about what their favorite food is or color or whatever it might be. But when it turns into a conflict, that's where we really have to get into those conflict resolution skills. Not saying that we want our students always to be in disagreements, but we want to let them know that being in a disagreement, it's okay. It's okay to have a differing opinion than someone else. It's okay to disagree with what someone else thinks or feels in that moment. But once it moves past the disagreement and into that conflict cycle, that's where we really need to enact our conflict resolution skills so that we're able to resolve the conflict appropriately, and reach whatever outcome that we both agree is appropriate for that situation. My first lesson focuses on providing students with information about the difference between a conflict and a disagreement. I also provide them with some examples of a conflict and when a conflict could occur. And I give them time to share about a time they found themselves in a conflict and what their experience was. When I'm teaching students the difference between a disagreement and a conflict, I highlight that a conflict is a more serious form of a disagreement and usually involves an argument between the individuals involved. I also talk about how a disagreement can turn into a conflict if steps are not taken to resolve that disagreement. 
And that's really laying the foundation for students being able to discriminate or tell the difference between what a conflict is and what a disagreement is. So we do that exercise a couple of different times. So I give them a different examples. I give them a different examples of when a conflict might occur or when a disagreement might occur and how a disagreement can turn into a conflict. After I teach the students the difference between a conflict and a disagreement, I move into teaching the students about the conflict resolution process. So we focus on this being a process with several steps that will allow us to resolve the conflict and remain friends or peers with the other person that we were in a conflict with. I'm gonna talk about each step of the conflict resolution process I use to teach my students. For each of these steps, we engage in some sort of explicit activity to practice the skills. In ABA, we focus on explicitly teaching skills, and I've already talked about this in my other skill building episodes. I like to teach skills explicitly, so I want these activities to focus on how I can teach the skills explicitly, and those are the activities that I'm gonna share with you in this episode. Explicit teaching takes place when we practice and reinforce the skills we're teaching. Skills don't develop in the absence of reinforcement, therefore we need to continue to reinforce these skills in our students. If you're curious on how to use reinforcement effectively to teach and build and maintain skills, go listen to episode six of this podcast because I talk all about reinforcement, the misconceptions of reinforcement, and really how to use it effectively with students so that we can really build skills and teach skills successfully. Also, before I get started and how I teach the conflict resolution process, I do want to let you know if you are interested, I do have a conflict resolutions unit in my Teachers Pay Teachers store, and the unit contains lessons for all these different skills as well as engaging activities that go along with all of the skills and supporting materials that you can use in your classroom or small group to help reinforce these skills in your students. The unit is super low prep and it comes in both a digital and a print version. So for the print version, it is just print and go. And for the digital version, it is just a sign and go. So it takes all of the work off of you in developing these lessons and activities for your students. So in this episode, I'm gonna talk about how I teach all of these skills and the activities that I use. And I wanted to let you know that there is an accompanying full comprehensive unit out there for you if you are looking to teach conflict resolution skills with your students and don't want to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch with the materials and lessons around teaching these conflict resolution skills. So again, there is going to be a link in the description below for my Teachers Pay Teachers store. It'll take you directly to that unit so you can grab it and start teaching these skills. All right, so back to the conflict resolution process, we've already talked about the very first step and that's teaching our students to identify the difference between a conflict and a disagreement. Now we're gonna teach our students about the process they can engage in if they find themselves in a conflict. So step one is pretty easy and that's to walk away. We wanna teach our students to remove themselves from the situation so it does not escalate further. I teach students while they're apart, they should focus on something other than the conflict and engage in some sort of coping strategy if they find themselves upset. If you wanna hear more about how to teach students coping strategies, make sure you go listen to episode two. I teach students that it's really important to take that time away from the conflict so that they don't end up saying or doing something that they didn't mean to do in that moment but did because they were upset or angry in that moment. So I teach our students how to walk away from a situation if they do find themselves upset and in a conflict. The second step I teach is listening to each other's point of view. A prerequisite skill for this step is being able to be an active listener. In ABA, we talk a lot about prerequisite skills. We never want to teach a new skill if our students don't have the prerequisite skills to complete our more complex skill. I usually teach listening skills while I'm teaching social skills. Regardless, at this step, each person should have the opportunity to talk about their point of view. 
At this step, I like to highlight for our students that they should engage respectfully with one another. This looks and sounds like explaining your point of view using appropriate language such as kind words. I tell them to avoid name calling or talking about why the other person's point of view is wrong. When they're talking to each other, they should only be talking about their point of view and listening to the other person's point of view. To make sure each student is listening to the other person, I have an activity where they write down their point of view and write down the other person's point of view after they've listened to each other's point of view. This helps them comprehend the other person's point of view. There's a difference between listening to comprehend what someone is saying as opposed to listening to argue why your point of view is correct, if that makes sense. So this activity really allows them to stop, pause, and reflect on what the other person's point of view is as opposed to just listening to what the other person has to say just so you can come up with an argument to argue back about your point of view. I hope this makes sense. I really want to focus on teaching our students how to listen to understand what is being said so that later on when it comes to the brainstorming step that they're able to brainstorm a solution together because they understand what was said by each person. All right, so step three is identifying agreements between each other's point of view. This can be really tricky, but there's usually always something they can agree on. For example, if students are in a conflict over who won a game, they can both agree that they were playing a game in the first place. I usually help walk them through this process and build this skill through scaffolding and then students usually get the hang of it and can identify more things that they agree on. So I start with a really small thing that we can agree on and then they use that to build on other things that they can agree on based on their points of view. And that's why it's really important that they understood what was said in each other's point of view so that they're able to work on these agreements. I have them identify things that they agree on before things that they disagree on to help frame the idea that there will always be things that we can agree on and then we can build off the things that we agree on. Step four is much easier. They have to identify things that they disagree on. I remind the students to be respectful when talking about things they disagree on. We usually make a chart of things that we agree and disagree on so we can see the comparison. It usually is a good visual for most of the students and most of the time the amount of things that we agree on and disagree on is pretty similar. And the fifth step is when we focus on brainstorming that solution. I help the students frame the solutions based on the identified agreements. I guide them through identifying what they both want out of this conflict resolution process. If both individuals want to remain friends or want to be able to play a different game together or want to be able to work with each other on the next group project, I use that as our ultimate goal and then help develop a plan based on that ultimate goal. We map out our solution in our conflict resolution workbook, which is this is included in the unit that I talked about earlier. And we really identify that solution based on what everyone wants in the situation and make sure that we come up with a solution plan that everyone can agree on. And the last step is moving on. We develop a plan as to what the next steps are and how we're gonna move on from this conflict. Again, we do all of this in a workbook that is included in that unit that I talked about earlier. I do wanna note when I'm teaching conflict resolution skills, I use fake or made up or artificial scenarios, whatever you wanna call it, when I'm first teaching the skills. So I have different scenarios that I use to teach these conflict resolution skills and the conflict resolution process so that students are able to build these foundational skills when they're not in a conflict. Because whenever we're building skills, it is best to teach skills when students are calm, not upset in any way, not actually in a conflict. So they're able to build on the skills, build this process into the repertoire so that when they do find themselves in a conflict, they can recall this process and engage in the process together. 
Now, I'm not saying that if you teach these skills one time, your students will be able to resolve all of their conflicts in the future completely independently. I do practice these over and over with our students. So like in the unit I have, I include five different scenarios for you. So you can walk it through five different times with your students. So they're really able to build these foundational skills. And then if they do find themselves in a conflict, they're able to recall this information. And if I do see that students are in a conflict, I usually help prompt them through this process, right? So even though we've taught it and we've taught it and we've taught it, it doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do it fluently when they find themselves in a real conflict because there are different emotions that go along with being in a fake conflict when we're using fake scenarios and when we're in a real conflict. So when we do see our students who are having a disagreement that moves into a conflict with another student, we're able to prompt them through this process and because they're already familiar with it because they've already built these skills, it goes over so much more effectively and allows our students to be really successful with it. And then as they build the skills of being in an actual conflict with a peer and able to resolve that conflict and they build that contingency of we were in a conflict, we use this process to resolve a conflict and now we're able to remain friends and we're able to do activities together without getting into conflicts, it really reinforces these skills. I do want to add a quick disclaimer in here that when I'm talking about conflict resolution, I'm talking about conflicts that our students find themselves in that can be resolved. So some of our younger students will find themselves in conflicts over who won a game or whose turn it is to go down the slide or what ice cream flavor is better or whatever it might be and that they can use this process to help resolve their conflicts so they're able to move on and continue on being peers and friends in the future. But I do want to note that we should also be fully aware that as our students get older and find themselves in different conflicts, that this might not always be the process that they have to go to. What I really want to focus on is teaching our students that there are ways to resolve conflicts with one another when those conflicts are able to be resolved. We are giving our students the foundational skills to be able to resolve conflicts with one another when they're able to be resolved and that will allow them to be successful as they move through the grade levels, as they move on to post-secondary life and they're able to interact with each other appropriately when the conflict that is at hand is able to be resolved and walk through together. I hope that makes sense. I just wanted to add that quick note in here because as our students get older, we can then move into teaching them skills to be able to identify when a conflict reaches a point where it's not able to be resolved and, and that's okay and that's just something that's going to happen in their life. But if they have these really foundational skills, they're able to handle those situations much better than if they didn't. So that's pretty much all I have for you on how to teach conflict resolution skills. Again, I use this very simple six-step process. I use a workbook with my students, so I walk them through those fake scenarios and then prompt them through real scenarios if they do find themselves in a conflict in the future so they're able to build these skills and really identify that contingency of we were in a conflict, we use a conflict resolution process, and then we were able to move on, move past it, remain friends, engage in another activity together. Again, I have that entire comprehensive unit on my Teachers Pay Teachers store and there's a link in the description below if you are interested in grabbing that unit. Again, it has all of the guided lessons that I talked about. So the lessons are ready for you to teach from, all of the materials in the workbook that you need to walk through this conflict resolution process, as well as the scenarios that you can use to walk through this conflict resolution process and workbook with your students and supporting materials that you can use in your classroom or small group to help reinforce these ideas and processes with your students. 
I hope this episode was really helpful and gave you some ideas of how you can explicitly teach conflict resolution with your students so they're able to resolve their conflicts, move past the conflicts, remain friends, and engage with each other appropriately in the future. If you have any questions about the conflict resolution unit or behavioral and social emotional learning in general, feel free to send me a message over on Instagram at teaching behavior together and I will answer it to the best of my ability. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it and have a great rest of the day.